Hi, this is Mistress Crimson. You're listening to the Massacast. It's for adults only. And if you like what you hear, you can make a donation at Massacast.com. Hi, and thank you for downloading another episode. This episode is actually about a week late. It was supposed to go out last weekend, but uh, I had a family emergency and uh, we had to fly back home. It was just, you know, it's one of those things um, where you're sitting there and uh, you look back on your life and you look at where you are and you, you're very grateful for the people who are around you and who are with you. And wow, this NyQuil is some really powerful stuff I'm on. Um, yes, I have a bit of a cold too. So going to keep this fairly short. I do want to say uh, thank you to Giles, who is someone who donated to the podcast. Um, most of the time, I don't, I, don't, I don't mention the people who do it because it's all anonymous, but sometimes someone will email me after the fact saying, hey, I just donated X amount, and that was me, and I will say thank you, you know, but uh, I don't mention anyone uh, usually by name, but Giles knows uh, who he is, and thank you very much, and thanks to everyone else who's been donated to the podcast lately. It's very generous of you, and uh, I, I am very... Nike Willie up right now and yeah okay this episode oh also got to see they might be giants in concert yesterday live at the Brooklyn waterfront it was so good it was so good uh this episode is a conversation with uh, someone who actually has a book coming out um, about spanking her name is Gemma Forbes but uh here was our conversation someone suggested that we talk because you've got a new book out and Thank you for mentioning that, yes. Uh, and it's a very, and I'm always amazed because um, someone said it's the Adult Spanking and Discipline Handbook. Before we get into the context of the book, uh, let's go back to how your interest started in it. Were you always into spanking or something along those lines, or how did that start? Well, actually, as with many people, um, I met a boy, and he... He was probably interested in it when he was in the womb and um, was very unabashed about it and and uh, I think it was probably the second time we went out he um, just confessed everything to me. And On the second date? Yes. Wow. Yes. And uh, he had great enthusiasm and um, so I being, first of all, never exposed to anything like this rather boring kind of uh, vanilla ex- life experience sure um and number two being extremely curious and sort of you know um iconoclastic or whatever the word is um said to myself well what is this gonna be like yeah. let's find out about this so i don't want to interrupt but uh People often ask, how do I ask, or how do I pose the question to my play partner, my girlfriend, or... He obviously did it in a way that didn't scare you, or do you think you were just up for anything, and so... And I don't mean that in a pejorative tense, I mean, you know, you were... Were you just open-minded naturally, and so he got lucky by asking you, or did he pose... Did he... Did he bring it up in a way that was... It was really kind It was kind of funny when I look back on it. Um, we were um, relaxing in my living room, his living room, and uh, I was lying down and we were just joking and playing and he smacked me on my bottom, um, which is a playful thing that sure. people do, Right. but this one really hurt, yeah. really hurt. 
and um, and it kept lingering. And at, at, you know, at first, uh, it, it was sort of you know like playful. And suddenly, I'm thinking to myself, he hurt me. Yeah. And I got a little offended. <laughs> and I said to him, you know, that really hurt. And I expected an apology. I expected, oh, oh I'm so sorry. I, I didn't realize. And he got this gigantic smile on his face and his whole face flushed. And he just grinned like the Cheshire Cat. And, and, and this is his I, way of sort of introducing And I was like, what's going on with that? And then shortly after that, he, you know, he said, well, I think I should just explain to you that I enjoy this particular thing that I shared with all my girlfriends, and here's what it is, and, and blah, 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 all sorts of stories, and that's how it started. Was he, uh, he enjoyed it as a top, a bottom, or both? Or both. He, both. Was, he was a switch. And he was a switch. We should, we should say for those people listening. This type of introduction to a vanilla person doesn't work with all kinks. No. For example, if you're into pony play, you don't <laughs> want to just grab your girlfriend one day and put a saddle on her because that might be a bit much, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm just telling you, you asked me how, you know, right. how it began. But that's really, really interesting. And so he introduced it to you that way. And after he explained it, he obviously did it in a way that was fairly compelling or he was so comfortable with it yeah and plus i thought to myself here's this very you know conventional person who doesn't seem at all like an ex-murderer or a crazy you know pervert um with a raincoat or whatever and um and i thought well i guess this must be a thing that people do that regular people do so let's think about this some more and and you know, explore. So we did. And so I guess I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, like, your first experience with him then, um, was it a light bulb that went off for you? It didn't really go off for me until we really started playing. Right. And, um, and you know, I tried it both ways because each way was a big turn on yeah. for him. And, and, you know, I, it turned me on. Sure. And my partner on and and so um, after a while he started realizing that I was just sort of gritting my teeth and you know and, and just holding my breath until the the you know my part of bottoming was, yeah. was over and he said no we're not doing this anymore yeah. and that's when I just went straight on with it and then, so so you became you you tried topping. Yeah, no, we did. I tr- I did both. Oh, oh, you know, okay. We, we you, switched off, but I, you know, I never told him one way or the other how I felt about you know either one. Yeah. Because I just wanted to do this fun thing that sure. he was very enthusiastic about. So when did you find out that you enjoyed you enjoyed it? When I when I started topping him topping him right yeah and smacking away at him and he could take more than probably anybody i've ever met really or, or peace for you know there's nobody let's put this there's nobody i've met that could take more than him right and uh, and that was great fun and i thought everyone was like that sure which is not the case so uh, did you learn the hard way that everyone was not like yes yes well you know i i had to have my other experiences out there with with different individuals and their unique 
um, levels of uh, levels of participation. That brings up another question that I'll I'll come back to. But um, so you obviously explored it with him quite a bit. The, the, yes, that relationship we, last yes, month? many years. And um, how did you get so well versed in it? Did you just because you had done it so many times with him, and then you, when you broke up or something else happened, you decided, you know, I, I want to keep this in my life? Well, we um, used to go to parties, oh, okay. private parties. There was a group of us that would meet, you know, once a month in different places and and for a number of years, and, and it sort of expanded into a social network. Yeah. Then eventually um, somebody suggested, you know, you're really good at this, and I've been around, and I've met many people, and there's not that many people that are really have the zest for it that you do and the technique and, you know, all of that. So um, you should try to do this professionally, and I, you know, I thought that was foolish, but eventually I did. It sounds like most of your play revolved around spanking and punishment and things like that. Did you explore other areas where that was that just it you know with your boyfriend or was it pretty much just spanking discipline and that type of stuff <laughs> well that's kind of a funny story because when i first you know just, just sort of leapt out and tried to do this professionally i thought everybody i was very naive and i yeah. thought everybody was like my boyfriend yeah. and the few people that i'd met in this very narrow limited thing and nobody was like that at yeah. all not anyone and and he would say to me just tell them you can do it and just go just go do it he goes you're an actor you're a writer just go you know wing it and and, I, and so I would say, sure, come over, we'll do that. Right. And I would do it, and, and I would completely fake and bluff my way through it. Yeah. And they were absolutely beside themselves with, with joy afterwards. And I would be like to myself, I really? I can't believe I just did Yes. That. And so I, it, everything was on the job training. And, um, and I, I, after a, a period of repetition, um, I realized that these certain things that I was doing for these very nice people that I liked very, very much, after about two or three visits, I would think, I don't, I'm out of ideas. I don't know what to do with this person anymore. Yeah. And I can't keep asking them to tell me what right. to do, obviously. And, but when the people would come that wanted to be, you know, see the governess or the, the headmistress or, you know, be, go to the, the, the disciplinary judge, mm -hmm. I would light up and I would be so excited and I couldn't wait for them to come. And I finally realized that I wasn't doing anyone any favors to be doing all these other things and decided, you know, I really should just start telling people I was going to specialize and try to help them find someone else to to satisfy those other things. I, I, I always think it's brave when people recognize their limitations. It's always, especially especially in the realm of being dominant or a top, because uh, admitting that you're not good at some areas, that's something that a lot of tops can't do. And, and I think it's to the detriment of the people they play with, right? Either they're not getting the experience they should or something like that. So I always think it's a brave, I always think it's awesome when someone will admit to themselves and to others like you know what that's not I'm not really good at that or that's not really my thing rather than trying to be everything to everyone type of thing right well first of all one thing that I've never been very good at is sort of being a um, clinically uh, business-like person mm -hmm. I can, the best way I can say it um, I I only wanted to 
engage with people that I liked. And because of that, um, I cared about everyone that I was seeing. And if I felt like I could not serve them, I wanted to, you know, be, be honest about that. After a time, once I sort of diagnosed the, all of this. And so, but the other thing, I want to tell you a funny thing. Yeah. That, that I that I will tell you about men. Or maybe it's just everybody who has a rich fantasy life, but I mostly, what I know about right. mostly is men. Um, when someone is truly um, a kinko, and it's in their blood, and they love it, they bring to the experience so much in their imagination that sometimes they don't even realize if you're nervous, if you're if you if you kind of fumble, you don't know quite what they don't see it because they bring their own vision to it, mm-hmm. and you are the instrument of that, and you can sort of get away with so much yeah. with people as long as you take care of them and provide the environment. They bring the rest almost, yeah. and just get transported all by themselves, which is a funny thing. Yeah, it's all, it's. Uh, I'm trying to think of another. Analogy. It's almost like it's sort of like any, I guess you could call it religion in a way, right? It's something you believe in strong enough. Doesn't matter what that person, someone else says, you're still going to believe in it, right? And you're still going to project what your desires on that thing. Yes. Um, I'm curious when you when you first started doing it professionally and uh, your your experience. You again, you thought it was going to be mostly spanking, and then you start people start asking for other things. <laughs> Was there were there any things in particular where you go like I didn't even know that was a thing? Was there anything that happened or someone asked for it and you go like Wow, I had no idea. And maybe maybe it was something that was sort of a catalyst to you deciding that you're going to specialize because you didn't want to branch out into too many different. Yeah, things? well, actually, I'm just remembering. There's this one person who came um, all kitted up with these um, implements. That he, they're called um, sounds. Yeah. You heard of that? Yeah. And I was like, really? You know, you're gonna trust me? I've never, I've never seen one of these things, let alone had have a, any application experience. And you're gonna let me stick this into that? For, I for those, can't believe this. For those little leaguers out there listening, uh, who are over 18, Google urethral sounds, and then now you'll know what. We're talking about yes, no. I, I I was I was absolutely astonished. Yeah, and I thought, and that is that is something that is people want to have this done. Yeah, I I just couldn't. I thought that would be just anathema to yeah. a man, you know, particularly. It's it's really interesting how uh, we can justify our, the kinks that we're into, and it's perfectly natural to us. And then when we hear about something else that we don't understand, you just like how in it could be anything, right? Uh, but I, you know, I enjoy, enjoy so many different types of kinks that I can justify in my head. And I'm like, yeah, of course I enjoy fill in the blank. And then I hear about someone dressed, you know, dressing up as uh, you know uh, Abraham Lincoln wearing a diaper, and I think that's weird. There's no difference really in the two, right? But for some reason, I always find that interesting. How even I'm guilty of that too, of of not judging, but but. I can justify my own, but not someone else's type of thing. Yes, and it's really it's really interesting. But yeah, sounds yeah, but that's pretty extreme from spanking to sound. Yes, and the and the other thing was, um, uh, um, the the people who liked to be, I don't know how to say this delicately, but people 
called me up and begged me to shit on them. Right. They and they they were so. As a matter of fact, I remember one gentleman that I did see um, for another type of scene mm -hmm. when we were doing it he he was the nicest sweetest dearest person and he was just pleading with me to 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 do that he for some reason loved it so much yeah. and and i i felt bad because you know i didn't want to deny him something that he loved yeah but you know of course there was no way i could first of all i'm physiologically incapable of of doing that with an audience and <laughs> anyway so it was just not gonna happen but I was just fascinated that somebody, I mean, for what reason would anyone come to desire that is is fascinating to me. Yeah. It sounds like most of your stuff is into, you know, most of your, uh, what you're into is mostly spanking and punishment along those times. Yes. That's what I love. That's your, that's your thing. Um, if you're playing with um, a significant other, some that you, you know, a partner. Yes. And you're giving an erotic spanking. How does that differ from, other than maybe certain touching certain areas, how does that differ from punishment? I know the answer, what it feels like as a bottom emotionally, but yes. I'm curious what it feels like for a top. Well, the one thing, that, the, the additional component in something you're playing with erotically is that um, you have that, that um, extra added layer of control. Yeah. It's so easy to, to control a man when you use eroticism. Mm -hmm. And you can use it for punishment or you can use it for incentive. Um, and, um, and the thing about including it in um, corporal discipline play is that there's a way of employing it so that they can, um, you can have your partner take more pain, um, you can make it more painful and true punishment for your partner if you choose to, re to release them uh, before you start the punishment. And, um, and you know, they have their, their pleasure, you know, out of the way. And then the punishment really, really hurts. So you're saying orgasm before the punishment because they'll be so turned on that it'll kind of block. Well, what happens in general with most spankos is if they get off before they get their punishment, it hurts a lot more. Yeah. If they're turned on during the course, if they happen, I mean, some of them don't get the turn on. Yeah. They may think of it when, you know, in their own minds as that, but they don't have it during spanking. But the ones that do, um, the titillation of it allows them to raise their tolerance for... The, the pain of the punishment. That definitely makes sense. Yeah. It definitely makes sense. So if you take that incentive away, then all it is is pain. Right. <laughs> and then it's really punishment. Uh, right. When, when you discuss, you know, when you say punishment, um, I've seen that used in several different ways. One where it's actual punishment, where you're, there's a, there's a, this is the consequence of an action. Yes. And also punishment is sort of an umbrella term for um, an activity. So it's not necessarily in retribution for something, mm -hmm. but it's just a, a sort of a context of play. Usually, like when you play, is it an actual punishment? Are you are you trying to correct some, uh, some behavior? Well, in my practice, um, I'm very very. I was very collaborative with people, and and so that's the, that's when I found there was such a variety, so many aspects and approaches people have to this, and and inventions, and and you know I would love to incorporate whatever they brought to it. Mm -hmm. um, 
weeks as long as I get to spank it was all fine with me <laughs> and there are, there are some people who just enjoy the, the the pure kinesthetic experience of of being spanked of the pain yeah. some of them are very um, internal about it and they just drop into their body and they just have that physical experience of the, the masochistic experience of the pain and some of them are just right there with you and they're they're playing, as I, I said in my book, you know, I would some have some people, we just gossip and we talk about news things. And, you know, while I was walloping their bottom, they'd be over my knee and I'd be like, how have you been? And he'd be like, oh, well, I just came back from vacation. Whack, 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 It's whack. funny you should have, I actually highlighted this part. You mind if I read it? Sure. Okay. The part I find most fun, this is you reading, uh, writing this, of course. The part I find most fun about these non-role players is that in many cases, the guy will simply plop himself over my, over my knee. I'll smack away at his hindquarters and will engage in mundane conversation the whole time. So how have you been, he'll ask. Whack, whack, smack, smack. Fine, I'll say. Oh my say. God, I just said exactly that almost. Right. Well, well, then it means it must have been true, right? right. So how have you been since I last saw you? Whack, whack, whack. Just got back from New Orleans. Whack, whack. Yeah. That seems... I cannot imagine that that scene. What is the... the... The incongruity of it all, it makes it so much fun. Yeah. It just, it's just adorable and it's great fun for me because I, I feel like the... Because I, you know, very much carry the onus of bringing to bear, you know, when I would play with people, whatever, the, you know, whatever needed to be... Um, brought forth mm -hmm. to create a great experience and with that type of person we just could be ourselves and just enjoy the sheer joy of spanking i realized that like this is this is another one of those things where i i, I don't have definitely don't have the same frame of reference because for me i've been in situations where i've been cleaning for someone you know and i've been in a very deep submissive headspace and if they address me in in a super casual way. I'm not saying like just a casual way, but I'm saying that they're like, so how have you been? If they kind of asked or, you know, like, takes so you what's out going? of the takes, moment. It, it definitely takes me out of the moment and something feels lost and I feel like I'm way out of place because I'm not, I'm not submitting then, right? Yes. This is, this, this goes back to the different types of people yeah, out there, right? So many different types. And you talk about them in, in your book. Yes. And, and I was kind of surprised to... Do you want to, you want to run down a few of the different... Well, that's why I when I, was, when I was looking at, you know, what should I write about? Mm -hmm. You know, all these things, one thing would lead to another. And I just thought, I'm just going to put down everything that comes into my mind because there's going to be people like that mm -hmm. out there, all different people. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, there are people who, you know, like I said, who, who, who just like to, it's a game. Yeah. It's a fun game, but they're, they're mascots yeah. and they like the pain. Um, uh, and in that, there's a subset of those people who, for them, it's such an ego thing that they will challenge me to see if I can break them or if I can, but, but in a, in a, in a sassy way. Yeah. In, you know, in a, in a game sort of way, uh, and then, like I said, there's the other type of masochist that's a much, very much of a kinesthetic type and goes into the headspace, but they're not fetishy. Yeah. 
um, and um, and then there's the um, the purist who likes the ritual, mm -hmm. and there's certain buzzwords that you have to s include, and like, it's, it's like formalized what? that you say, you know, you I'm going you I'm going to administer your correction now, ah, okay. and I you know you're going to bend over, I'm going to give you six of the best or a dozen of the best, which <laughs> means I'm going to use the cane, yeah, and um, you know various sorts of of particular vocabulary which I go through in these chapters of my book, and I even you know delineate um sort of a mock scene of exactly the types of of activities and positions and you know and it's all very formalized and 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 even when i thought i had thought of everything and had seen everything i you know i got emails from people who said um oh and so you you did you mentioned this and you mentioned that and i'm like no that's a new one. Yeah. <laughs> I did not mention that. Uh, so there's, there's just so many people just... So many ways they connect with it. And they also have their particulars and everybody has their little little things that, that are near and dear to their hearts. And, yeah. and it can get very, very defined and very, you know, sort of minute. Oh, I know a fun one. Yeah. Is the people who um, who were spanked as children or, or, you know, somewhere in the past and they want to um, recreate certain experiences. So it's like a certain thing and is that... Are they recreating it so that they can experience the same thing in an erotic context? Or they, uh, maybe erotic is the wrong word, but they can experience it in a different context? Or it's because uh, they enjoyed the experience at the time, or they just want a different context to think about? What? You know, I can't be sure um, for each individual. And I do think it's it's different motivations. Yeah. But um, in, in many cases, I, I sense from sharing with him about this, that there's some sort of of component of comfort to it to go back to that, um, and and I have a feeling that psychologically it has to do with that when they were adolescents or pre-adolescents yeah. and these things happened to them, there's so much conflict and confusion because that the all they're bombarded with these mixed messages they don't understand at that age and then that they're, they're sort of you know like excited by it and also you know they have this fear of it and guilt and, and all those things are crashing in on them at once and they it, it just becomes a fixation and sometimes they never realize it until they're adults and sometimes they go on to play with it the ones that 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 you know sort of kept it all bottled up uh -huh. um, really um, seem to get a lot out of kind of going back and exploring it as an adult and having a perspective and a place to keep it right. in themselves. That makes sense. And also, um, it's a form of, well, it's a form of therapy, it sounds like. There, there has been many, many times when people have, have told me that they have, they have gotten more therapeutic value out of the time that they've sat with me after our visits and being able to express you know and, and of course after years of many many insights that I do have yeah. um, with someone who has no judgment of them whatsoever um, to explore these things yeah. and, and I have I have experienced many times with people and I feel very honored and and um, and, and grateful to, to have participated in that way of people who have released a huge amount of judgment of themselves uh, that they carried around for years because they could they they realized that that 
that they were not judged and somebody was just there with them as a human being exploring their own natural um, human experience and the, 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 they let go of a lot of, of pain. And I've heard that, uh, you know, and a prime example of this is that, you know, there are, there are a lot of people out there who are very ashamed of their kids. Yes, yes. And it's not until they're around someone else who is either A, like them, so they can realize it, or B, someone who they feel they, can, they have a little bit more respect for, and so then they can, it justifies the emotion to themselves. Um, but I think that's kind of, uh, back to your book, the, the sort of a benefit of your book is that when someone sees it in that context, in, as a book, that does validate it. I've heard a lot of stories of people who, when they were kind of coming out to their, their partner, they give them a, a kinky book. And that definitely helps because it's not only saying someone else feels this way, but a publisher is willing to print it. And, a mainstream right, publisher. Exactly. And put it on Amazon.com yeah, and, and yeah. Barnes and & Noble and, and all of the major bookstores. And it's not being, it's not hidden in some seedy back alley bookstore, you know, or that does validate it considerably, I think. You know? and, and the other thing I think about a book like mine is that um, I go to a lot of trouble at the outset to um, present it in a way that it's very clear that it's about communication and connection between people and about the, the, the initiating of these activities um, uh, begin with coming together and, and finding out exactly who you each are, right. what you need, what is um, going to make you feel safe, what's going to make you um, uh, open up with each other and where the, the, the parameters are before you start. And, um, and since it is such a diverse arena, um, it's, it sort of lets people know that they can be beginners, they can try it once and decide it's not for them, yeah. um, but there's all sorts of possibilities and recipes that uh, that that are are presented for you know something for everyone. And also, you mentioned in your book too that there are different, just as there are different types of bottoms, there's also different types of tops. And that, of course, and and that's I think that surprises, especially. Uh, I think well, I think it would be surprising to a lot, a lot of either dominant guys or dominant women or people who are starting to top for the first time. I know that Saad, you know, she teaches a lot of people one on one. And um, there was one time when she wanted to, she was she had a, a student, I guess you could say, who was uh, a woman who was dating a guy for the first time who happened to be kinky, and she she wanted to watch Saad and I play, and so we started playing, and she she was like, oh, so I don't have to be a cruel, horrible, mean person. She was really surprised by that, and so because that was that was the biggest hindrance to her is thinking that she had to be something she was not. And put on this sort of. Cruella Deville type, right. which is attitude. fine in role playing, right? Yes, right. I mean that's that's definitely a, a type. But she thought that she always had to act this way in order for her to be a real dominant. Um, so what what are the types? Because obviously you, it sounds like you've you experienced many different types, you know, or you've taken on many different roles. Yes. Um, do you have preferences? I mean, or first off, like, do you mind like kind of listing the t different types? Um, 
of dom- of dominance of, to- of tops yeah like the different types of, in the context of spanking like uh, I know you've had sort of like the stern headmistress type of thing and obviously the very casual conversation person yes do you have a preference to one or the other or well I I'm, a, I'm an actor and yeah. a writer and, and I do love the drama so I always like a good role play yeah um, doesn't matter what what uh, the subject happens to be, if I'm the headmistress or the, you know, the strict aunt or the governess or the boss, or yeah. the secretary. Um, you know, it's it's all. Um, I just love uh, just needling a boy into a corner and letting him know that he is you know he's caught dead to rights and he, there's no way he's getting out of his just desserts are you, are you sometimes in the mood for one uh, or the other are there things are, are there maybe uh, I think it's not that I'm in the mood for one or the other I think it's that if there weren't a variety I would I would have gotten very bored yeah. doing this you know professionally and you know I do it personally friends and play yeah. play partners now but i i like the diversity of here's not i've never thought about this but are there some personality types of bottoms that bring out a different type of top to you oh definitely that some bottoms are, are very um very very uppity and mm-hmm. stubborn and, and recalcitrant and will push you and and defy you until you are at your wit's end and i'm basically a very nice person for one thing yeah. i don't like to be rude i'm very polite normally and and i don't like to be uh, crude yeah. and brash and and those people will push me to the point where I will all of my civility goes out the window, and I will just have to grab them and and manhandle them <laughs> right. and, and let them know that they have they've just they've just crossed the line, and put them in their places. But it is great it, it's great fun. Yeah. Um, because it is all play and it's not who they really are, and I can tell how much they're enjoying themselves, <laughs> and they can't help it. Yeah. It's just in them to be that bratty and. So that's really fun. So it's, is it almost sort of like uh, something like any other muscle? You kind of learn how to quickly turn it on and, and you know you do. exactly? You do. I mean, yeah. The first time I was confronted with something like that, is, it was shocking. Yeah. Because there was there, there was no re, there's no reasonableness. Yeah. Uh, all of my reasonable approaches met with no results. Yeah, yeah. And I was like absolutely flabbergasted yeah. and surprised. Um, then, you know, just realize, well, you've got to escalate. And uh-huh. You have to just take take the bull by the horns and you just logically figure it out yeah um so yeah it then sometimes was was a little a little disturbing spanking is sort of the it's the most common kink that we see it seems like in the mainstream mainstream, yeah almost like the most vanilla of the kinks it's sort of like i mean it's even in monty python and the holy grail right there's don't remember that there's a scene i remember this very well is that there's a scene when uh one of the knights goes to the castle Anthrax, and there's all these <laughs> young, attractive women there. And she says, first, but we all must be punished, and you must give us all a good spanking." And you know, and everyone's very excited, and you know, so it's the most commonly referred to, at least. And spanking is also very intimate. It's usually skin on skin, or skin, 
or closer to you know there's there's a human body part that's interacting with another human body especially part. if you if it's uh, over the knee right you're, right you're in direct contact with a person absolutely and it's and it's very intimate that way um yeah the cane and you talk about several different implements but the, the, when you talk about something like caning um there is that detachment the difference between a cane and a spanking is a huge jump for me mentally as far as in, in the context of play um have you ever been been caned yeah yeah you have. and it, it, it i mean like there's such a huge it's it's a lot it feels a lot colder I mean, it feels a lot less intimate. Maybe it's all just in my it's head. It's very much like discipline. Right. Um, but on the other side of that is the fact that there is nothing, there is no sensation that is quite as exquisitely um, consuming um, as the cane. The sharpness of right. it, the heat of it. The heat of the pain of it it's just sears through you and rides up your your spine yeah. i mean in the days of that first boyfriend who made me you know sample every everything yeah. that he had everything in, in his collection anyway um and so i do know what it feels like yeah. and i have to say i hated it but i found it to be the most um I don't know sophisticated pain uh, of all the, the the possible implements. And when and when you're caning someone, it feels. I mean, caning you, you... to me is is much more penitent and 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 just um, objectified punishment uh, and discipline. Um, you know, spanking, even though it's discipline hurts, it's scolding and it's you're over someone's knee and you feel ridiculous yeah. and you're a grown person and, you know, here you are with your head upside down and you, your bum sticking up. Um, but caning is more dignified, I feel. Yeah, I suppose you're right. It's almost, it's almost sort, of, sort of getting down to business type of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's also very threatening because it has this reputation. And there's no, I mean, there is feedback, obviously, but there, there is, if you spank someone hard enough, you're going to hurt yourself, too, as a top. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it'll hurt I your am, head. Yes. I, yeah, you do get to a point where you just don't, it's just not, not having a good right, time right. anymore. And you in, have to sort of switch off to some, something else. And when, when, whereas with the cane, I mean, that's all one person's on the receiving end. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. When someone says English caning, English caning is usually, in in my opinion, um, referring to putting someone in a you know boarding school situation oh, okay. or an institutional situation required to to you know put them through these ritual like um, scenarios right. of positions and vernacular. Um, you know, and very formal, yeah. formalized. That to me is an English caning. Yeah. Okay. That's what I I, th I thought of like the stern headmistress type of thing, um, but it's always amazing to me how people, you know, it's always. But it it might mean something to very else. different to yes. It's like Canadian bacon, right? Yeah. In America, you order Canadian bacon. You go to Canada and order Canadian bacon. They look like you know. Really. Oh yeah, with Canadian bacon, it's not Canadian bacon up there. Usually, they call it back bacon or something else up in Canada. 
Oh, well, I, I mean, I, th- I think I think for the most part, if you go to Canada, they know what you're talking about now when you say Canadian bacon, <laughs> but it's not. But we are such. A they usually call it back bacon up there. You know, it's like uh, I only so know this because I grew up very close to Saskatchewan. So we have a couple questions here from from, great, great. from people here. We did kind of talk about this in a way, but um, I'll kind of summarize because he kind of makes it kind of long. So you've got a uh, let's say if you got a. a in this in this tweet, a, a gentleman has a girlfriend who she's not into, interested in kink at all, mm-hmm. uh, and he's he's really into spanking. Mm-hmm. What's a good way for him to sort of ease into it, or bring it up in a way so that it, she's more maybe more likely to be a little more? Well, first of all, my main piece of advice is never be pushy at all. Never and no, never put any kind of pressure. And I feel the best thing to do in approaching it is, is, is casually as you can um, put the subject in front of someone, yeah. the better. And, and, and don't expect to jump into a conversation the first time. And, and one of the things I, I suggested is um, recommending certain um, movies or, or books that, oh. that have the, you know, certain moments that have little spanking um, the vignettes in that I, I came across. Um, recently, I've been watching the entire series of Ali McBeal over again i discovered on, on oh, itunes yeah. which i loved that sure. show and there there are actually um two or three episodes that have things that involve spanking oh really and they present it with such humor that um you could just you know be be watching something like that or or you know if you want something a little more sexy um, I mentioned I saw this movie called I think it's called The Killer Within Me I believe is the name of it well, I think it's A Killer Within Me or The Killer Inside Me but I think it's A Killer Within Me could you know IMDB it or whatever mm-hmm. but it's very sexy and it's got a lot of prominent spanking scenes that are quite sexy right. in it but the, the, it's, it's a film noir, so it's all, also very dark, and you may not want to associate the darkness <laughs> right. with the spanking. Also, that movie, that silly movie um, with Rosie O'Donnell, um, oh, the, the, uh, Exit, Exit to Eden, to Eden yeah. where, where they just bring in, so even the, the Monty Python yeah. uh, movie you were talking about, and just make sure that they're paying attention yeah, to yeah, it, yeah. and make a joke about it, and find opportunities to make jokes about it, and sort of you know broach the subject and get... Three at first test the waters, but also to make it more innocuous and kind of bring it more into the forefront. I, I, I'm sure I'm completely wrong in this, but well, I should say I know I'm generalizing, but I always feel like that it's always been easier. Most of the time, it's easier for a kinky woman to convince a vanilla guy to do stuff than for a van, for a kinky Absolutely, guy to do. Absolutely, you know. yes. Yeah. Um, I, that's definitely true because men find everything sexy. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is true. I, I've told Saad, you know, I'm not picky with. I, I don't have anything for clothing. I don't have a kink for clothing at all. Or she, and, and I've said like I think she'd look good in wearing burlap. You know, it doesn't matter to me either way. Yes. Um. Uh. But I have to say, so yeah, I can find just about anything that's actually in this right context. Um, here we go. Uh, first, do you consider yourself a sadist? Um, or, or actually, the, the actual question here is, how does one explain how you enjoy fl- inflicting pain? Um, 
I don't know if, 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 I don't know if I'm a sadist. Um, I think I'm a moodist. I have these moods and, you know, I get cranky or, or pent up, you know, tension or whatever. And then I just enjoy, um, releasing it in, in that way, knowing that it's what the other person really, really wants. Yeah. So you can just sort of let go and, and have at it. Perfectly consensual and it's, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, I don't think I, I'm preoccupied with um, or driving um, erotic pleasure out, out of pain necessarily. I think it's the drama and... Um, and there's something is very satisfying. The context and yes, something very satisfying about whacking a bear bear behind. I can definitely tell. You know, there's definitely context does have so much to do with it. Yeah, you know, in my mind too. I I, I wish um, there have been times when Sod's asked me like, well, what do you want? Because I'm in the, in the mood. Sometimes I'm in the mood for some specific thing, but for the most part, I'm just like I want to play. Uh, and, but I want to play in a way that she wants to, you know, and um, she's definitely a lot more extreme than me. And so she knows that she has to. So she'll ask me, like, what do you want? I mean, it's so hard for me to answer that question. Most most submissives or, or and bottoms, and I do mention this in my book, yeah. have a, a, you know, I would say more than half of them have a hard time expressing what they want yeah. because of their submissive nature and they don't want to tell you. They want to be taken. Yes, absolutely. And in fact, but very rarely, and we've started a thing where I, I, I'll write in a journal daily and you know, so I'll, I'll, I'll express my desires and wants that way. But for the most part, it doesn't really matter. You know, we have all these different things that we enjoy as far as play. I rarely have like one specific thing that I have in mind. For me, it's like it's like whatever's going to get her off the most at that point. That's what I want to do, you know. So, uh, but it's very frustrating for her at times, and frustrating for me because sometimes she wants to get me to say it, but there is no it. There is no. There's nothing for me to say, you know, specifically. So, uh, but that's one thing that like that using a, a journal can kind of help too. Um, here we go. I'd like to hear it when someone just sent me a direct message. Apparently, they want to be secret about it. Uh, I'd like to hear any advice your guests can give. Uh, can, can we try that again? I'd like to hear any advice your guests can give novices and those with less experience on building up tolerance and stamina to take a spanking or a beating. Well, that is probably the easiest advice I can say um, because um, you build up your tolerance with practice, and the more spankings you get, the more you can take. And, and I have, I've had people who are incredible mosquists um, that after a very long hiatus will come back to me and I don't even recognize them because they, they you know, they wimp out yeah. it, it, so fast I, I can't believe it. So um, if, if, this, if this person, my, my best advice is to find a trustworthy patient partner and be and and communicate very honestly so that they can bring you up gradually and build up your tolerance in a way that doesn't become um dreadful because if it's too too much you'll you'll end up just having an adverse reaction to yeah. it and it just it just will be very difficult here's one question someone submitted enema that's, that's all they said Right there. That's all I said. One word, 
And Emma, that's and your your guess is as good as mine. Well, that is um, that is also a, a, um, a subset of discipline, and it's it is a, a reversion to the juvenile, as as we were talking about. That's right. And um, there are people who. Um, in the context of, of discipline spanking, or have a strong interest in punishment enemas. Oh, wow. Punishment enemas? Yes. I've never well, heard there's, of this. there's a, there's a, a BDSM right. contingent with punishment enemas that are way beyond, you know, extreme things that, that, um, that I would know about and right. probably would be comfortable advocating. But people do it and, and, um, and you know, they don't you know harm, without harming but punishment animas in the in the form of of domestic it's very domestic it's yeah. very old fashioned it, it harkens back to like the the 40s and the 50s when grandma or or you know yeah. auntie would would um would uh, what would they call clean your waters yes and they would take those red enema bags and they would you know especially if a boy was was unruly and they felt that it would settle them down and many people experienced this and many people would um would would be interested in incorporating that into a spanking scene it's it's the old phrase from back in the old victorian area quit jumping on the bed or i'm going to shove a hose up your ass exactly yes so here's a question that I thought uh, might be fun to, to ask in there. If you were trying to convince a curious friend to come out to a party or an, or an overnight event, a kinky event, what story would you tell them about your personal experiences? I can just remember that that first boyfriend and you know some of the places that we went um, early on and the characters that you would meet and they were they were all all of them were lovely people but in the context of these these environments were so so deeply immersed in this other reality and it was quite entertaining i thought you know you find you know that's not for me and that's not for me but how adorable is this person who's having such a good time (laughs) you know doing this grown man you know doing this particular thing and you know know, dying to rub someone's feet or whatever it happened to be and and so enthusiastic and i just found it quite charming because it was very non-threatening. Yes. Everybody's very, you know, very respectful of each other's space and such. Yeah. You know, and, and if someone is a terribly slutty slave and they're crawling up to you and begging you to lick your boots and you say, go, you know, get away from me, they run away. Yeah. So it's, it's harmless fun. I always find... I remember I had a friend who was curious about it and I went to an event with, with her... Uh, and this, and I'd never taken a friend to any of these event, events before, and I, I realized what a dramatic difference the event looked like when I was with someone, <gasps> as opposed to when I went alone. Absolutely. It was, I would see someone. That guy's a creepy asshole. Yes. And then, but, you know, that's when I was alone. And then when I was with someone, I'm like, oh, look at the guy. He's really into it. You know. Exactly. It's completely different when you're with someone. They and you look can, like. Pervy zombies. Yes. When when they're all by themselves. Yes. When they when they have you know a, a partner, exactly. you think they're respectable. Exactly. I had <laughs> so silly. It was the most bizarre thing. I went to a party. I went to tons of parties as a single guy when I first moved here, looking for a dominant woman, looking for a dominant. Woman. And uh, and then one party I went to just with a friend, right? 
And I had so I had women coming up to me, yes. offering me their numbers. I'm like, this is so wrong. It's, it's sort of like catch-22. You have to get experience before you work here. You have to work here before you get experience, yes. you know. Yes, that's a really great observation. Um, let's talk about uh, where people can find the book. Um, you can uh, find it on Amazon.com, um, BarnesandNoble.com, or, or, or um, yes, one's because they have Kindle, yeah. one's Kindle, and one's Nook. Um, the uh, I was told by the publisher that by this time or, or or soon you can go into any major bookstore, and even if they don't carry it, they can order it um, at this point in hard copy. So, um, and in the metropolitan areas, you may even find them in your local bookstores. Uh, and, and again, they, and if they Google it, they'll find it. Well, they can find on the, the web. We can ha- to I'll, all these different places online. They and can if you go to mastercast.com, I'll have the link to all the different kinds on the page for this episode too. So you'll be able to see the the Kindle version, the Nook version. You'll be able to see all those. Perfect. And click um, so it'll be a direct link into the Amazon stuff. Fantastic. But again, it's a comprehensive guide to corporal punishment, the adult spanking and disciplined handbook. Thank you so much for doing this. You're very welcome. Thank you for making it so easy and comfortable. So you, I know you were a little nervous ahead of time. Yes, I was. But now it's perfectly fine? Yes, did yeah. It, did, it, did it sound, were you nervous because I sound like such an incredibly amazing person? Absolutely. And America or wherever you are in right. cyberspace, um, the unspeakable axe is so cute. <laughs> he is adorable. Well, what, I'm telling you, you ladies, think, it's true. Did, did, it, did you think I was like... Not cute by the by what you had heard, or did I, did I, I sound like? I just had this this picture of you from that that strange little thing on um, t- Twitter. Yeah, yes, know, yes, yeah. That you were this um, hulking sort of hirsute kind of you know middle aged guy so for are, some reason. You're saying I'm not hulking? Is that are you saying I, I'm not hulking in person? No, okay. No, right. you're you're quite trim and and adorable actually. <laughs> Now he's blushing. It's very funny because I was like, by the way, I'm, I'm going to put that on, on the headline of the, the Mastercast. Quite trim and adorable. And not hulking at all. Right. Not, damn it. I got to go back to the gym apparently now and go hulk up apparently. Thank you so much. And I hope you'll come back for this when you get the second edition. Right now, this is the first edition. When you get the second edition, we can talk about uh, absolutely. the new things you've learned in the meantime. Yes. Thank you again to Ms. Forbes, Gemma Forbes. Uh, that's G-E-M-M-A. And go to Mastercast.com. You can see all the places where you can buy the book um and yeah and uh, if you're especially if you're a spanking uh, aficionado this is uh or spankos as she calls them this would be this would be the best place for you to get them so massacast.com all the details of where you can get the book uh we will see you in another couple of weeks thanks for downloading again mind your business mind your business mind your never shut quantity hut business my craft is exploding It's like I'm making cloisonade Choking on my dust With my three blind cats You have a friend in law enforcement Don't go calling law enforcement business Mind your business Got too busy explaining Now it's just rain and pain Pain in the form of a raindrop Yes, a raindrop made of pain Tell them the story, raindrop I don't wanna tell them, mister Tell them the story, raindrop I don't wanna tell them, keep
Keep your voice down. Keep your voice down. 